Chris, how surprised are you that Florida went from four wins to ten wins, Dan Mullen's first year? I, I thought they were going to have a market improvement because I thought the talent on that 2017 roster was much better than the four wins reflected. Uh, but to say they would go from four wins to ten, I think even the most optimistic Gator person would have said that's tough to believe. Um, but the way he did it was he came in, he got people to buy in very quickly on their roster, largely guys that he didn't have anything to do with recruiting there. Um, and I thought he did a really good job of, of minimizing their deficiencies and playing to the strengths. And, and one of those deficiencies was the offensive line. Uh, they were able to overcome what was a terrible um, group in camp last year, watching them in camp. I thought it was going to be a long season for Florida, but they really did find a way to, to offset uh, some of their weaknesses. And, and I thought that they got better and better as the season went on. Were you impressed with the improvement of Felipe Franks under Mullen? I was. I mean, I, I think this is a guy that got thrust into action probably far before he needed to. Uh, hadn't played quarterback very long um, in in his uh, pre-college days, so he's still learning the position. Uh, got thrown in there as a redshirt freshman with, in a, not a good situation, and I think the fans probably directed a lot of their wrath towards Felipe, fairly or unfairly. Um, but I, I do think that as the season went on, Dan Mullen not only taught him how to play the position better, he, I thought that, that Felipe minimized um, his mistakes in terms of forcing balls. Only six interceptions last year, which was a big improvement mm -hmm. there. Um, also showing him how he can be a more effective quarterback in the run game, which brings some balance to that offense too. But I think the maturity is what you saw him maybe grow the most. And, and, and you heard Coach Mullen talk about this week. You know, He said, if, if, if you think there's people on social media that can coach the quarterback position better than me and Brian Johnson, then let me know. We'll hire those guys. And so he's, he's really <laughs> trying to make it a point to block out the outside noise and only focus on, on the voices in that locker room. Chris, a lot of times you'll hear a first-year coach talk about he's got to change the culture. Now, a guy that you played for, Steve Spurrier, said that's BS, <laughs> which I think you heard him say that. But anyway, I just wonder from the perspective of Mullen, do you think the fact that he'd been a head coach of Mississippi State and he'd been at Florida before, he knew the lay of the land, that maybe that helped the transition? Yeah, I think, I think it was a great mix of, of things on his resume that helped him to be the right fit for the, the mm -hmm. coaching job at Florida. One, you, you mentioned it, knowing the culture of Florida football, having been there as a, an assistant under Urban Meyer, two national championships that he won when he was the coordinator. I, I thought he stepped off the plane uh, the, the first day he had been named the, the head coach, Gator Chopping, playing up the, the whole what it means to be a Gator, um, not being afraid of, of – of the past. I think he, he embraced the championships and what Spurrier and Meyer had built there. Um, and I think in terms of, of developing some recruiting uh, traction in that state, he had relationships. I think that's helped uh, as well. Um, but I also think having been a, a, a not only a head coach, but a head coach in this conference, and maybe even more difficult task of having to do it in the SEC West, where you know we know what a task that's been over the last decade, um, helped him to, to better be prepared for for this job because he's not been able to attract the, the four and five star talent to Starkville. Um, so he's had to pick and choose his spots, find guys that fit into his scheme a little bit better, and then develop the heck out of him, which I think is something he does well. Now with the resources that he has at Florida, he can go after those higher uh, rated recruits. Uh, but at the same time, he, he does a nice job of identifying guys that he thinks are going to fit into his scheme well and not just guys that, that make your recruiting class look good uh, in the rankings. There were a couple of years when part of the narrative at Florida was they really don't have that many good skill players, receivers or running backs. 
And I look at that roster right now, and I'm seeing what I think is a heck of a running back yeah. in P. Ryan, some really good receivers. Do you think the talent was there and was underutilized, or you think there was a lack of talent at the skill positions for a few years apart? It's a mix there as well. I think, first of all, um, you look at this time in the state of Florida. Miami's down. They're trying to get back. Florida State's really down. So Florida has an opportunity to get more of the top talent than maybe they did uh, earlier in the decade. I also think that there was a deficiency in developing some of the talent. I mean, you, you look back to Will Muschamp. I, I think Will Muschamp probably was handcuffed with a coordinator in Charlie Weiss that was not his first choice that you know came from the pro game a lot. And, and, and so they didn't necessarily develop the quarterback position very well. You look back, Florida hasn't had uh, a, a real any real stability at quarterback since Tim Tebow left, and that was 2009. So a full decade of, of kind of mixing and matching and trying to find some traction at the quarterback spot. But I, I do think that um, the development has lacked, and um, I think that's where this staff is really good, whether you're talking about uh, Dan Mullen as a whole, Billy Gonzalez, the receiver coach. I think you're going to see Florida's receiving core uh, be as good as it's been probably since Urban Meyer left because of Billy Partley. I want to ask you this one because um, in, in some people were talking about a good Jake Fromm is, and one of the characteristics they like is his leadership. And by golly, when he gets in the huddle, you know he's going to win. You played for a coach that had a lot of swag. Mm -hmm. And I think when he was your coach, you thought, he's going to figure out a way to help us win. So is it just as important to have a coach that brings that mentality or the quarterback that brings it? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it starts at the top, though. I mean, I think it starts with the, with the quarterback. Um, you know, the relationship that Coach Spurrier and Danny Warfel had, it, it was really successful in so many ways, but they kind of spoke the same language. Even though they were very different, uh, they had in common, they were both mm -hmm. sons of preachers and, and that background, they were yeah. kind of connected. But Danny had the ability to kind of tune out some of the peripheral things in the way that Coach Spurrier said things and took the meat of the message and was able to apply it. So I, I do think it's important to have a coach that kind of has that swag, that can kind of instill confidence, both in terms of motivation and providing you know game plans that make you feel confident. You know, if you go into a game and you feel really good about your plan, you know, it, it helps take that uh, that that confidence level to the next uh, next rung. Um, but uh, having a guy in the in the huddle when you look and a tough situation and you look in his eyes you don't see any panic you see a guy that's confident that means an awful lot as well when you played at florida the florida tennessee rivalry was one of the best in the country yeah, one of the players at Florida said, hey, it's yeah. just another game. Uh, where do you see the Tennessee-Florida rivalry right now? First of all, um, LaMichael P. Ryan was the one that said that he didn't see Tennessee as a rival. And i got to be honest with you, it hurt my heart to hear him say that a little bit just because of what that rivalry meant to the Eastern Division, what it meant to the conference, what it meant to the national picture during the 90s. And as a kid, you know, I grew up a Gator fan. Um, Florida and Tennessee didn't have much opportunity to play one another. 90 and 91, there was a the home-and-home situation. The 92, it turned into the, the division um, setup where Florida and Tennessee were instant rivals. And um, I guess in order, they say in order to have a rivalry, you got to have some some back and forth between who's winning. And, and Tennessee hasn't held up their end of the bargain on that of late. But I, I still think it's a it's a huge game for those Gator fans that have been around a little bit longer. They understand the importance. And Michael P. Ryan actually said.
said LSU. Now that's a rivalry game. When I was in school, LSU was nothing. I mean, they were they were terrible. We went there and, and beat the heck out of them a couple times and beat them in our place. It's just, I think a lot of it has to do with that period of time. The Georgia rivalry was one that had been, uh, I think, a little bit devalued amongst Gator fans because of the dominance that Florida had during the 90s and 2000s. And now all of a sudden with their resurgence, it has become probably the, the premier game, if not the LSU game on the Florida schedule. From your perch as an analyst, final question, where do you see Tennessee's program right now? Are they heading in the right direction? What do you think? They are. You know, I, I was convinced last year that Jeremy Pruitt was the right, the right guy. And then after seeing a full season and being back here at Media Days, again, I'm even more so convinced. The guy's a ball coach. He may not have the fluff. He may not have the polish. He, he said he didn't really love standing up in front of the podium. But the guy loves being on the field. Um, he loves relating to the, the, the kids in the locker room and the meeting rooms. And I think he brought a level of accountability. Um, I think that's what – and kind of go against what Coach Burrier said, they don't believe the, the culture change. That was a place that I believe needed a culture change. And I think him coming in and, and not necessarily being everybody's friend but, but demanding um, some accountability and, and creating a little bit more structure seems to be the right fix. And I believe they're heading in the right direction.